Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, hey there, everyone. We are starting a new teaching series entitled Soul Purpose, Discovering the Real You. And uh, this week is the first week of the series. We're entitled this one, I'm a Soul Man. And uh, we'll make sense of that as we go through our time together today. But um, I want to talk about the question this morning of what is the soul? What is the soul? I don't know what you think of when I say the word soul. Maybe you think of a cartoon character getting blown up by dynamite and uh, the soul floating up to the sky, sort of a faded version of the real thing, playing a harp. Maybe that's what you think of when you think soul. Maybe you think of soul music and James Brown, or maybe you think of soul mates as a personal friend or soul brother, soul sister. Maybe that's the kind of language you think of, or, or maybe you've heard that phrase of selling your soul. Somebody wants to try to sell their soul on eBay, but they were refused. They said, you're not allowed to do that on eBay. Or maybe you think about um, SOS, the international language of save our souls. When a plane takes off, the question that is asked uh, by the person in charge will be, how many souls are on board? Or when you go to a funeral and someone says, their soul is no longer with us. This soul, what is it that it is? It's this essence of who we are, essence of our being. In... um, in, this is true. In 1907, Duncan McDougall, yes, it's his real name, Duncan McDougall was a doctor. In 1907, he weighed dead bodies. It's a bit grim, as they died. Um, and he worked out that the soul must weigh 21 grams because bodies would lose weight when they died. It doesn't bear too much thinking about, does it? In fact, they even had a movie made about not too long ago called 21 Grams. Our soul it was meant to weigh, but it's been debunked by medics since then. And the truth is, our soul is not physical. It has no weight. I mean, it's very weighty, but it has no physical weight. The soul is a spiritual aspect of who us. It's the very essence of who we are. It's who God made us to be. It holds all the different elements of us together. The soul is the unseen part of us. It's the unseen, it's the hidden. We have the outer life that people see, the inner life is where the soul is. Each one of us has three different elements to us. We have our mind, the bit that has all the questions and the thoughts process, the thinking and the learning and the decision making, that's our mind. We have the body, that which does all the activity, which moves, which gets us from A to B, that engages and participates and does hand movements like I'm doing now. And then we have the soul. And the soul is the inner part that connects all those three things together. That keeps them all in line. And here's a a thought for you, which we need more time to go into. But integrity is when your soul, your body and your mind all align. When what you think, what you do and what your very essence says you should be doing, when they are aligned then you have good integrity, true integrity. And when those things separate, when what you think and what you do and what you know you should be doing are different, then there is disintegration. There is damage to your soul. Your soul breaks. You become less of you. A a couple of years ago, Lottie and I went on a romantic weekend away to Venice. 
And uh, I could tell you some stories. We, we, it wasn't as romantic as I hoped it would be. I pre-booked a bunch of stuff and I, I, I thought I was going to do really well. And we ended up having to run for the plane and, and it was just all went a bit wrong. And, and I, I'd booked a gondola, one of those boats that goes through the waterways of Venice. I booked it. I thought it'd be really clever. I pre-booked it. Special deal. And I would pre-booked this gondola and we arrived and it was pouring with rain. And the gondolier said, you know, should we do this tomorrow? Because I don't want to go out in this and you don't want to go out. And I was so grateful. So we came the next day, the rain had stopped. And um, we went around the waterways of Venice. Beautiful. But it, it smelled and the water is brown and dirty and you can't see through it. But if you look at the pictures now of Venice waterway online, you'll see it's clear and clean and there are fish walking there swimming around in the waterways of Venice that never we couldn't see them before and if you see the pictures of of smog and pollution around the major cities of our our world you'll see that that's changed and the skies are clearer the dawn chorus in my my garden is now more like the dawn symphony all the birds are kind of flocking and they're you know they're suddenly the air is cleaner the waterways are cleaner and the birds are singing because we've been forced into some kind of pausing due to the pandemic and, and the world is refreshing itself. And, and that's a bit like um, the soul. The soul can get lost through our lives as bits get attached to us, as we get polluted, as thoughts and, and, and things happen to us. Our soul gets damaged. It gets infected with the activities of each day, our behaviours, our habits, our experiences. And it's subtle and it's slow. We don't realise how we've become until we pause and reflect on the reality we're facing. The soul without regular attention can easily become like the waterways of Venice used to be or like the polluted skies over our cityscapes. Your soul is the most important part of you. It's the bit that makes you, you. And yet we spend less of our time and less of our lives unaware of these very things that make us who we are. If we can uncover this God-given and God-created hidden part of us, we can discover who we are truly meant to be. When you know your soul purpose, you can strive less. You can breathe more easily. You can walk a little slower and enjoy being you. The truth is this conversation I want to have with you these next few weeks about the soul is very personal to me. Just over a year ago, I was attending a seminar with other leaders and the question which we're going to ask next week, and I won't give it all away this week, was the question being asked um, was, how is your soul? And Jill Webber, the lady who was speaking at the time, who's going to be speaking at our conference later in the year, all being well, and she asked this question. She gave us an assessment to do and I realised my soul was not where it should be. That I was active and I was busy, but was I fully alive in my soul? Was my soul aligned with my mind and my body? Was I healthy? And I realised I had to do a lot more. In the last 12 months, I've been reading every book I can find. I've been studying scripture and going, what is this soul? How can I keep it healthy? How can I make sure I recover well? And my soul is the very essence of what God has given to me is a place where my soul sings and worships God. So my key thought for you today, that I want you to listen and take away, and that like we said earlier, the notes are in the Church Online platform. If you're there, you can see all the notes and all the verses. But the key thought for you today is this. You are not a body with a soul. 
You are a soul with a body. You are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a body. Think about it. When you die, your body dies. Your soul still lives. Your soul still lives. In Genesis 2, in the creation story, um, in, in Genesis 2, it says these words, and I've used the King James Version, it says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. A living soul. You know, that moment we go from being a, a body made by God, created by God, and he breathes his life in and our soul is alive. Society talks about our physical bodies, caring for our bodies, getting fit, staying fit, staying healthy, staying safe. But I want to talk for these next few weeks about the very thing that God breathed into each one of us, the soul. It's the very important part of it. It's the bit that we should spend more of our energy and attention on than the rest of it. And as we go through these next weeks, I want you to consider not just listening in and not just learning with your mind or putting stuff into practice with your body, but actually assessing your soul. So first of all, that question, what is your soul? What is a soul? Remember, you're not a body with a soul, but a soul with a body. The soul is the breath of God. The breath, and in, in Hebrew, that word is ruach. Uh, ruach, it means the, the wind or the spirit or the life of God. When God breathed into us, our physical bodies, he breathed his breath, he breathed his life, he breathed his spirit, he breathed ruach. Or in the New Testament, that word, because the New Testament, the second half of the Bible is in Greek, and the Greek word for that is pneuma, P-N-E-A-U-M. A, P-N-E-U-M-A, that's how we spell it, as in pneumatic. And you've got that air and that breath and that wind. When the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2 and it descended on that upper room on the disciples in Pentecost, which we just celebrated last weekend, that was like the breath of God, the pneuma of God, the ruach of God, the soul being brought to life by the breath of God. Now, you would think if we understood that our very essence of who we are, the, the life-giving centre of our very being was breathed by God, we'd all relax and go, oh, we're all good. Instead, Ecclesiastes 2 says, what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labour are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. We are restless, we are anxious, we are working hard, we are full of pain and grief, and yet we should be at one with the God who gave us our very soul. Our souls are restless. They're always looking for a home. That's why they are restless. They're looking for a natural home. Often we are looking but never satisfied. We are looking but frustrated because we can't find the very thing that gives us a sense of home. We try to provide for our soul by buying soulless items. We go, oh, if only I had that house, that career, those children, that car, that position, that opportunity, then my soul would be full again. And we have that thing, buyer's remorse, we buy something, we get something, we achieve something and we realise our soul is still not satisfied. We are still feeling empty. And as Matthew 16 says, what does it matter? What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than the soul? And yet people are desperately trying to comfort their soul 
that restlessness by providing it with things that will never fulfill a spiritual need, a spiritual desire. The home, the home is where the soul wants to be. The soul is desperate. That moment you walk in your front door, having been away, which we've probably experienced for a while, that moment where you've been away on a long trip and you come home and you walk through those front doors, I know that experience and I'm like, oh, I'm home again. I can be comfortable again. I can rest again. I don't have to try and be that person. I can just be myself again. That's what the soul is looking for. The soul wants to go home. And home isn't where the heart is. Home is where God is. God, Father God, made you in in his image and, and he made your soul. He breathed it into very being. And God in heaven is where the soul wants to be. But the soul is also well hidden. It's not just rests, it's hidden. If I looked you in the eye today and I said, how are you doing? You'd probably say, fine, thanks because that's what our mind tells us is the unwritten rule of, of social etiquette in the UK. We say, how are you doing? Fine, thanks. That's our mind. But if I looked you in the eye and said, no, no, how, how are you really doing? You'd pause and go, well, back's a bit achy, bit of a dodgy knee. I had a great night out the other day. Me and the wife, we sat on the sofa, watched Netflix, because that's about as good as it gets at the moment. That's your physical response. Your mind says, fine, thanks. Your body says, yeah, a couple of things, but we're okay. But if I did that really awkward, uncomfortable, looked you deep in the eye and made you feel very uncomfortable and said, come on, how are you really doing? It's your soul. How is your soul right now? Which we'll discover more. Have you noticed when you ask people that question, often they respond with physical responses. It's not your body. It's not your mind. It's your soul. How are you really doing? Because often the soul is hidden. It's camouflaged. And as Parker Palmer said this beautiful phrase, he said this, the soul is like a wild animal. It's tough, resilient, savvy, self-sufficient, and yet exceedingly shy. If we want to see a wild animal, the last thing we should do is go crashing through the woods, shouting for the creature to come out. But if we're willing to walk quietly into the woods and sit silently, the creature we are waiting for may well emerge out of the corner of our eye, we will catch a glimpse of the precious wildness we seek. The soul is hidden, it's quiet, it's restless. But God doesn't want us to live a restless, with a restless soul, a hurting or a hidden soul. Your soul is spiritual and it cannot be helped by physical words, activities or gifts. It needs a spiritual connection. It needs God. You need God. You need to be connected back to God. Your father, God, wants you to be connected back to him. Psalm 62 says, in God alone, my soul finds rest. My salvation comes from him in God alone. Where will you find rest? In God alone. If you're feeling restless right now, you need to connect back into God. If you're feeling lost right now, you need to go back to Father God. If you're feeling isolated right now, push back into Father God. St. Augustine in 400 AD already summed up when he said, you have made us for yourself, O God. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. So as we bring this time to a close, that question, what is the soul? It's this God-given life center of your very being. It's the unseen part of you. It's your inner life. God knows all about your inner life. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The soul makes you 
you. It's the essence of who you are. It's the unseen part. It holds everything together. Remember, you are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a... And everyone shouts or puts in the chat box, you are a soul with a body. Absolutely. Your body is the physical layer, but your soul is the core of who you are. Next week, we're going to ask that question, what is your soul and how are you doing? How is your soul? Sorry. We need to care for the soul in the same way we want to care for the environment, to care for the waterways of Venice and the, and the polluted skies of our cities. Some of you may need rest to clear your soul from years of neglect. You might, some of you exercise your body, feed your body, uh, care for your body. But remember, you are not a body with a soul, but a soul with a body. And your soul, the very thing that makes you, you, the breath of God that gives you life, needs your attention. Let's pray. God, I pray that we would be still and know that you are God. Find our rest in you. Slow down, we pray, to wait patiently, reflect on your goodness, to reconnect with you, Father God, where we can only find rest. Lord, we pray that we can't go back to where we were, but we can start again. We can reconnect again. Lord, meet us. Meet us right here, right now. Once again, we pray, Father God. May our soul be connected to you, we pray. Amen. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.